Twitter deletes President Buhari's tweet, saying that it violated its policy. Kinsley Mogalu declares his intention to run for president again in 2023, and NNPC is planning to acquire stakes in six private refineries. I am Isaac Shola, and this is the Isaac Shola Podcast. Okay, welcome to today's episode of the Isaac Shola Podcast. If you have not followed me on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, please do so. The handle or my um, handle on all of those platforms is at I am Isaac Shola. That is my handle on all three platforms. Yes, let's get into the news of today. The first part is that the um, Twitter, the microblogging platform, has deleted President Buhari's tweet. In that tweet, he threatened to treat Nigerians misbehaving in the language that they understand. Okay, this um, tweet generated a lot, massive lot of, of backlash from the, the general public and so many people, it was also reported that so many people reported the tweets and that was part of the reason why Twitter made the decision to take down those tweets. So let's take a look at what um, the president said in his tweets. He said, I received daily security reports on the attack on critical national infrastructure. And it is very clear that those behind them want this administration to fail. Okay, let's pause there. And the president is saying that those behind the attacks want this administration to fail. So it means that the president thinks that this administration is succeeding. Okay, if uh, that is... um, Some people consider that a clash of opinion because I think that this administration has failed terribly and woefully. And the very fact that people are you know, bold enough to be attacking critical, you know, security and, and government infrastructure, um, especially in the Southeast and in the South-South, is a pointer to the fact that this administration has failed. So the president saying that um, some people want this administration to fail, like, no, that ship sailed a long time ago. This administration is a cataclysmic failure and the attacks that we are seeing at this point in time is pointing to that effect. The tweet continued and said, whoever wants the destruction of the system will soon have the shock of their lives. We've given them enough time. I don't even know what that means, we've given them enough time. Why would you even give people time who are trying to destroy the system in the first place? So I don't know what the president means by he has given them enough time. And the part about the people who want the destruction of the system will soon have the shock of their lives. Like, okay, if you now have to resort to Twitter, Mr. President, to start issuing threats on people who are trying to foment terror and anarchy on the country, then it means that you are really out of option. You are way in over your depth. Because I don't think that Twitter is a platform to start issuing threats um, to maybe 
people that you say poses a threat to national security. You understand? This is uh, it's a micro-blogging platform where people come in to voice their opinions, you know, about certain things in very few words, you know, a few characters. It's not the platform for the president to be trying to govern a country or to bring security to a country that has been ravaged by agents of chaos. So, it, this is not, it's, it's weak. It's very weak. It's a sign of extreme weakness for the president to resort to Twitter to start issuing threats. It's very weak. This is the president we are talking about here. He's a commander-in-chief of the armed forces. He's the one in charge of all security apparatus and infrastructure in this country. So if all the tools to combat insecurity lies in your hands and it's under your control and you have to come on Twitter to start issuing threats against people who you believe are threatening the security of the country. That's just sad because with the kind of resources that is under your control, we would expect that you would be marshalling those resources and will be seeing the effect of your determination and your will will be seeing it in action, not on a tweet. But the president was not done. He said, I received a briefing today from the chairman of the Independent National Electoral Commission, INEC, on the series of attacks on their facilities nationwide. These attacks are totally unacceptable. I think every sensible Nigerian agrees with that. The current attacks on security infrastructure in some parts of the country and the attacks on you know the infrastructures of INEC is is totally unacceptable. And and it's sad, I must add at this point, it's sad that some Nigerians seem to be in um, in the support of this kind of um, you know destabilizing acts these are acts of terrorism these are acts aimed at undermining the peace the security and the stability of this country and the the people who are behind these attacks they are no one's friends so if you are a nigerian who, who looks at what is going on and you think yes let them scatter everything let everybody go their own way and um you know all those kind of stupid talks that are going around uh, in the country at this point in time those are very like i said they are stupid ideas stupid stupid ideas being propagated by stupid people who don't know what they are doing because number one what you're doing with all this act or supporting the people who are kind of this act is undermining the law and order in the country and country after country have tried this, it doesn't work. The idea of all this insurrection and uprising to kind of get your will done or to get something done or to get something, um, you know, uh, from the government that the government think the government is not doing at this particular point in time, it always ends in 
catastrophes and disaster. It, it never ends well for the societies that, that does this thing. Because if you listen to some of the episodes that I've done, you know, discussing about the first principles of organizing societies before this particular episode of the podcast, I took one of the episodes I discussed law and order. And one of the mistakes that people sometimes make is to assume that you can just disrupt law and order to get the particular needs of yours met and then after you can just easily restore the law and order and things will just continue the way they have been no it doesn't it never works that way when you destabilize law and law and order stability is something that is very very difficult to achieve in human society human beings are very difficult people really really underestimate how difficult human beings are to organize and so when people with a society has managed to organize itself you know for better or for worse there is always always you know room for for improvement in every country in every society there is room for improvement but the moment where people think that the solution is to undermine law and order cause chaos disorder anarchy to get their will you know imposed and then after they've gotten their will they can just restore peace and order and tranquility like nothing happened it doesn't work that way very difficult for it to work that way till today libya is a failed state it looked like a very simple thing just get on the street cause all manner of uprisings and protests get rid of gaddafi and then we'll just organize ourselves and then transition into a beautiful democratic you know <laughs> system of governance and everybody will be happy no it doesn't work that way that was what the people who were destabilizing the society the, you know the country of libya thought when they were doing what they were doing but after they destabilized the society that heavenly transition to democratic system that they thought would happen where people would just come together and everything would be fine it never happened law and order was never restored today slave trade is happening in broad daylight in libya they sell guns and bombs in the market like they are selling tomato and pepper it's it's undermining law and order is always a stupid idea and that's why what these people are doing in some in some parts and regions of this country to undermine the peace and the security and the stability of this country because they believe that that's the way they can get their own desire or their will is a very stupid idea that is going to end badly for them and that is going to end badly for anyone else so anyone who is queuing up behind them should know <laughs> that the lot of libya the you know is what is waiting if we go continue on this path and that is not a funny part because libya has less than half of the population of nigeria less than half this is a country of over 200 million people if we decide to go to that route if a nation of 200 million plus people fails that is going to be terrible terrible for everyone in this country and so if there is anything that we as nigerians should agree on is that the enemies of peace the enemies of stability are the enemy of every one of us so i stand with the president here even though i read there are very little to agree with the president on but i think that this particular point he made when he says these attacks are totally unacceptable i think that that cannot be debated based on facts based on reality 
based on history, this attacks are totally unacceptable. And the president went on to say, and will not allow those behind them to achieve their evil objectives. Okay, then the question becomes how? How are you going to ensure that the people behind them do not achieve their evil objectives? And that is what it comes down to. You know, the people who are doing this have seen the weakness in the government. They've seen the weakness in the security apparatus of the country. They've seen the weakness of the military. I mean, they saw the military being kicked about in the forest by illiterate and untrained savages with guns. So they've seen, the, it's, it's like, you know, the the Nigerian proverb that says, I don't know, is it a proverb? Yeah, I think it's a proverb. The one that says, breeze blow, foul show. <laughs> Forgive my French. You know, the idea is the military and the security apparatus of this country has been tested and they've been found wanting. And now everybody from every quarter have seen that, oh, these people are not as strong as we thought they are. They are not as um, efficient as we were giving them credit for initially. So now everybody's poking holes at it. And that is how the security apparatus of a country gets overwhelmed. The more people see that it's inefficient, the more people begin to poke holes at it, the more people begin to taunt the peace and the security of this country, then the more it's difficult it's going to be for the, the, the military or the security systems to be able to cope with all the various you know attacks and you know uprisings and all insurgent attacks that are happening in the country and it's as as good as it sounds that the president is saying you will not allow those behind these attacks to achieve their evil objectives i think it takes a lot more than just saying this on twitter it takes a lot more and it's, it's been sad the way that our military has been managed over the years since independence has been very very sad and we'll still come back to it later but now let's for now let's continue with the tweets he said i have assured INEC that we'll make available to them everything they need to operate efficiently so that no one will say we don't want to go or that we want a third thing okay that is just this particular part of the tweet is just taking a jab at president from our president you know i guess it is maybe he saw an opportunity there to take a jab at him and the president decided to take it okay well it's good that he's not looking for a third term because i think that that would be the fuse that's going to blow up this country eventually like i if anybody should not be thinking about third term is this current president so it's good that he's not thinking about third term there will be no excuse for failure you know still talking about the next election we will meet all of INEX demands good for you in the area of security we have changed the service chiefs and the inspector general and we are demanding that they rise fully to the challenges confronting us okay I said before that we'll be coming back to the area of the security in this country and this is the part that I find very interesting and it's not just from the angle of this particular tweet at this moment. It's about also the clamor of Nigerians some months ago when um, it looks like it was obvious that the security in this country was not improving and a lot of Nigerians were clamoring 
that the security chiefs be replaced and you know the the time that was going around then was rejig rejig everybody was talking about rejigging the security infrastructure rejigging and rejigging stuff and i think there is a certain level of naivety that accompanied those kind of you know widespread uh, calls and clamor i think people nigerians we it looks like we really really underestimate what it takes to secure a country we really really underestimate what goes into making the country work or to solving the problem of terrorism or to bringing peace and stability to a society the idea that you can just change security chiefs which is what the president himself seemed to be alluding to in this particular tweet that you can just change the security chiefs and that security will just return and everything will just go back to normal is is very naive and seriously it's i don't know how to call it like it's so naive i don't even know where to place that kind of a thinking like really you, you think that you can just replace security chiefs and everything will just go back to normal we have a security we have a, a military in this country that has not been you know properly improved and built on since independence the, the military has become very inefficient, very um, incompetent and seriously under-equipped to handle the security challenges of this country. And the problem with that is that it's, it's so important. It's not the countries who spend so much building their military, who spend so much money in, in having a strong military, they are not stupid. They know what they are doing. And you see that the country who do that, who, who the countries that do that, they are the smart, some of the smartest, most you know, you know, um, developed countries around the world. It's because they understand the value of this. Number one, the job of the military is not just to fight off you know external aggression, or to, you know. Maybe even fight internal terrorists and things like that, which is part of what they do. But it's more than that. Just the presence of a strong military is needed to actually keep a country sane, to keep a country orderly, to keep a country at peace. The moment a large country, especially a country with the kind of population size of Nigeria, senses weakness in its military or in its security apparatus, people, evil actors, will begin to take advantage of that. And as it's, when the local actors start, international actors will start looking at those countries and start looking at it as a safe haven for them to come and establish their terrorist um, camps and terrorist um, caliphates. And that's what happens. It's, it all starts with, you know, the fact that people see the weakness in the military and the security apparatus of this country. Our military has been the same or even has gotten a lot more depleted since 1960. And yet our population has increased so much since we got independence. But our military has not been equipped and built to cater with that growing size you know that accompanies the, the, the growing size of the population of, of the country and the results of that is what we are seeing today 
when they were allowed billions of dollars to buy arms for the military and people would divert it into election just divert it give it to their political party to start running elections with and they think that all that is not going to have a consequence they think that oh everything will just be fine we'll just use it to do election the country will still be here everything nothing is going to change and just divert resources from the military it's it's a terrible thing what some people have done to this country it's a terrible thing what has been done to our military you know small countries around the world are now exploring space you know all sort of countries are exploring space locally not that they are paying china to help them launch a satellite into space you know countries around the world that are not even up to the size or you know of of, of nigeria have missile systems they have you know well-equipped military well-trained well-equipped military warships submarines all of these things these are the kind of things that you create in the military of a country that keeps everything in place because people know yes this is a country that we should stay with is strong it will protect us it's strong it will stave off external aggression and the bad actors themselves they do their calculation they look at what it costs to go and cause problem within the borders of isis cannot go and create a caliphate in a country with a strong military it's not possible but in a country like ours it's a free ride just walking and then they start competing with themselves like we have been seeing recently in the in the battle for dominance <laughs> between iswap and boko haram and this is all happening in the country that claims to have a government it's a terrible thing and so like i was saying changing the security chiefs is not automatically going to solve the problem of insecurity in this country you need to rebuild the military you need to invest heavily in the military you need to rebuild your intelligence architecture so that intelligence you know operations can begin to happen at you know top capacity and you need this to be able to combat all these acts and we are yet to you are we are yet as a country to see that this administration or any administration for that matter that has in this country really understand what it takes and is really committed to doing what it takes to fix things in this country when it comes to the aspect of insecurity and if there's anything that could destabilize a country is insecurity it's it's very destabilizing and we need to rise we we definitely need to rise up to the challenge as quickly as possible for all of our own good the tweet continued there must be zero tolerance for all those bent on destroying our country by promoting crime and insurrection many of those misbehaving at today are too young to be aware of the destruction and loss of life that occurred during the nigerian civil war then the the, I believe that the last part here that I'm about to read from the tweet is the part that caused the most backlash. And it's, it said, Those of us in the fields for 30 months who went through the war will treat them in the language they understand. The first part of that tweet, that last tweet, was okay. 
that many of those misbehaving today are too young to be aware of the destruction and loss of lives that happened during the civil war. <clears throat> That's very true. But then you have to ask yourself, whose fault is it that, the, that those misbehaving today are, are not aware of the destruction and loss of life that happened? We have a country that is trying to erase its own history, like that is going to make history just disappear. <laughs> you have to embrace your history. This country went through a civil war. Teach it in your schools. Every Nigerian should be aware of the history of the civil war. No, they thought that just just pretending like that history didn't exist is going to make that history go away. So now, because the history is not being officially thought, people are not aware of that, then people can twist whatever narrative of, of the civil war that they want to, to suit their own agenda and feed it to the public en masse. And then before you know it, you are having misinformation on the scale that is so much that the government cannot even deal with. All of which could have been prevented if the right history has been taught. Debate about the civil war should, should it's it's healthy. Debate in a country is healthy when you take away aspects that you think are controversial because you are trying to suppress debate. You make those issues fester in the background, and what you begin to notice is that those issues begin to rear their head in the form of uprising and violence and terrorist attacks and all of these things. That is what happens when you suppress debate because words are alternative to violence. It's either you allow people to talk and express themselves or they resort to violent means. And it's always a good idea to allow every opinion to be aired and to allow debate to happen about everything because the alternative to that is terrorism, it's violence, it's insurrection, it's everything that we are seeing today. So too many Nigerians, young Nigerians today are, not, are unaware of the, the catastrophic disasters of the civil war. Because the country thought, no, let's not teach it. And if we don't teach it, if we pretend that the civil war never happened, then people just assume that it never happened. And now that's in government, that has suppressed that information and those knowledge for years is now coming to come and vent, you know, use it as, as a means of venting anger now on the tweets that those of them, say those of us in the field for 30 months who went through the war will treat them in the language they understand. I, like, that suggests words from a president that is frustrated. Like, what? Are you? Are you kidding me? What sort of a tweet is that? You're the president of the country. This tweet reeks of resentment. It reeks of malevolent intentions. Like, you cannot be the president of a country and be so reckless with your words. What do you mean by those of us in the field for, for 30 months who went through the world would treat them in the language they understand? And that was the part that got to a lot of Nigerians because it's, it, it's not just something you say in good faith. That is not a tweet. Those are not words that you tweet out in good faith. And people could see the resentment that is veiled in those words. They could see the, you know, the dark, sinister motives that is veiled in that tweet. And they reacted the respect accordingly. And that led to Twitter taking down the tweets. Okay. Um, I understand the backlash. Should Twitter have taken 
down the tweets and dividing them on that. You know, I, I think the whole idea that um, of um, Twitter trying to act like, um, would I say, a judge of information, Nigerian information, you know, is maybe not in their place to do. I mean, it's a, the tweet is definitely stupid. I think that the tweet should have been left. Let Nigerians see the stupidity of the tweet of the president. Let it all be there for everyone to see. We do not agree with the words of those tweets. Definitely, but that is not to say that the Twitter should take down the tweets. I think it's a good thing that it should have been left there. Let Nigerians continue to go back there to see, wow, so this is what the president thinks. This is what the president said, you know, to the people of his own country. But Twitter decided to take down the tweets. Like I said, I am divided on that. I am divided on that. I believe in people hearing their opinions, regardless of how controversial those opinions are. I believe that it brings everybody's thoughts to the surface and then we can deal with those things in the open as opposed to keeping everything in the dark and allowing things to fester and then get out of control. So that's that for the first part of the of the news that we'll be analyzing today. And the second part of the news that we also like to comment on is the fact that Kinsley Mogalu has declared his intention to run for president again in 2023. For those of you who don't know Kinsley Mogalu, he's the former deputy of the Central Bank of Nigeria and he contested, you know, in the last election under the party of the Young People's Young People's Party, young, YPP, I think Young People's Party, I think that's what it's called. And he actually got just a little above 20,000 votes in that election. But he's coming up again to, to contest for, for this election. You know, I, I won't be saying much about this, but I'll say this. He's going to lose again, and that makes me very sad. It makes me very sad. It makes me sad that, you know, competent people, people who have proven themselves in different fields of endeavor, cannot get into positions of power in this country. Because certain cabals, political cabals, have completely hijacked the, security, the political apparatus of this country, and it's just working towards their own ends and towards their own aims. And I've tried to discuss this in, in detail in one of my videos, one of my, the, the videos I've done on this platform. You can watch the video on YouTube. Um, it says how to fix Nigeria in seven minutes. That's the title of the video, how to fix Nigeria in seven minutes. And if you don't want to watch the video, if you want to read the article, there's also an article on my news um, platform, rudereporter.com, where I also talked about that, how to fix Nigeria in two easy steps. You will see my analysis of the current political situation in Nigeria, how I, what I believe is the root cause of our political problems, and how I think it can be solved. I think the political structure, the way it's been created in this country, is been created in such a way that it shuts out competent people, it shuts out people of integrity, it shuts out good people from ever attaining positions of power. So the country is being run, it's like it's like a mafia, it's like a group of mafia kingpins are running the country. You look at the way the country is being governed. It looks, it, it, it has all the attributes of a mafia, you know, the way a mafia 
dominates his domain or his, his space and all of that and that, that is very very sad so i won't be able to go into the details of that in this particular episode of the podcast in terms of what i believe are the ways to that i think people like mogalu the the area because okay let me let me do a summary of it i think the current system anybody trying to run on the power of their own mind would fail like i'm if, if anybody thinks so oh, i am I'm a, I'm a competent person, I can I have ideas and, on how to do things in a better way and all of that to run the country better. I think that the system will always win. A bad system will always win a good individual anytime because systems are stronger than individual. And the people who dominate the current political system have created the system to enable them to do so. And that is what the political parties. The system that we've created gives so the way we structure the system in which the citizens have no power to decide their the candidates at the primary level. I mean the candidates of the political parties at the primary level. The fact that citizens don't have power to choose at the primary level means that so much power is in the hands of the political parties. So the political parties are the ones who actually decide who gets who who, who comes as the candidate of the, as, as the you know presidential candidate, the governorship candidate, the, you know, the senatorial house of representatives, the, the chairmanship of the local government and all of that. All of that is decided at the primary, uh, the primary level solely by the political parties and their delegates who are chosen by the political parties. So people don't really have a say. You know, um, no Nigerians, as in, we don't have a say on in how Buhari became the the nominee of the APC party. Nobody has a say in how all these people. And so because of that, the people who control these political parties have all the power. And those are the ones we call the Godfathers. They have all the powers. They can they decide who comes in, who leaves. And they will always there is no reason for them not to act in their own interest. You know, so they always pick candidates who will act and fulfill their own interests, their selfish and greedy interests. Those are the people who get into positions of power. So you think you want to help the country, you want to do good for the country, they shut you out and there's nothing you're going to do about it because they own the party. So if you want to really, really be able to compete, any, I think good people, competent people, and that's the idea of the video that I talked about earlier, that good people, competent people who want the best for this country have to come together. They have to create a single party. The party, the principles, the ideals, and the ethos of the party have to be clearly, clearly identified, clearly stated, so that you know the people, both the people who are competing and the people who will become party members will come together and unite under the auspice of a uniting, you know, body of principle or an, or ethos. And that is very, very important. So now. After that party has been created, a lot of work has to be done then into you know, really building the dominance of the party, advertising the party so much that every Nigerian knows about this party, you know, creating platforms all manner of other news for for people to be able to register, you know, for people who are vast with the internet, you know, there will be internet portals for people to register members of the party. I would think that for the work of this magnitude you have to hire food soldiers and food marketers to go into different states different towns different streets across the country and actually 
go to markets everywhere and register people into the country in mass gather as much as data as much into the database of the party phone numbers emails so that you can keep in touch with the members of the party and all of that and i think for that party to actually you know distinguish itself from the other parties it should find a way to be able to allow members all members not just a few delegates of the party that can be influenced by one or two special interests but to allow all members of the party to have a say or to have a vote in selecting the various candidates that you know represent the party in the various uh, offices in contesting for the various offices across the country so i think that that's the way to go that that's the way to go in terms of um, how to solve this country the, the, the political quagmire that we find ourselves in this country if we're going to get out of this political mess we need a strong party we need a strong party a strong party of good competent visionary people hard-working people patriotic citizens who will build this party into something that is strong enough to contest with you know and compete successfully with the existing dominant parties because if you do not have that kind of strong party you will never win so kingsley mogalu just coming and you know declaring his intention to run for president in this way he's never going to have any chance against the system he's one man against systems that have been built for years you know you are, it's not going to work but if these people can come together create a party and you know use this party to compete with the existing dominant parties i think that's when we can stand the chance of actually doing something to fix the problems of this country politically and if you want to know more about my ideas i think you should definitely go to watch that video or read my article like i said if you want to watch the video it's on youtube it's also on my platform by the way on the news media platform woodreporter.com how to fix nigeria in seven minutes that's the title of the video but the article is titled how to fix nigeria in two easy steps you should check out um, those and reach out to me if you believe that you have any idea on how we can move the um the plans and the proposals that i have there forward now the last bit of news that i'll be um, commenting on is the fact that nmpc is planning to buy equity in six private refineries okay um i find this troubling i don't like this idea the fact that NMPC is planning to buy, the news says that they are planning to buy up to 20% equity stakes in all privately owned refinery whose capacity exists exceeds 50,000 barrels per day. I think this, I think we will, have been, we will be better off if the NMPC just allowed these private university uh, refineries rather to do what they do best because when i look at the track record of the nnpc nnpc has one represent equity stake in the publicly owned refineries you know and they've run all those refineries into the ground those refineries are barely functional now and yet they have full staffed workforce and they are paying those workforce with money that the refineries cannot generate so the refinery is accumulating 
billions upon billions of naira in debt because it's expending money that is not creating. If the refinery was a private business, it will have shut down decades ago, completely shut down because no business can keep running after incurring losses year on year endlessly the way that Nigerian public refineries are currently doing. And for these same people who have run the public refineries into the ground, to now be buying equity stakes in, in private refineries, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to end badly. I think it's going to end badly. And some of those refineries today, my problem will be thinking about it and be thinking it's a good idea because they, you know, if the NPC is buying, buying stakes, then they get money. It's either that they get money directly or that whatever um, share, whatever the value of the, that 20% equity stake amounts to, maybe they can give them tax breaks over the period of, you know, they can amortize it over the period of several years. And they might think, the people establishing those refineries might think, that's a good idea. The government is giving us money, contributing to our endeavor to build our refineries and all of that. But I think that the net effect, the 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 say and the um, the backdoor that it that it gives to the NNPC to influence policies and decisions in this refinery is going to hurt these refineries in the long run. It's it, it definitely going to hurt them in the long run because we can hear say, oh, the NNPC is buying stakes, but at the end of the day. The NNPC is being represented by people who actually don't have any stake in that company, in those refineries. The people who run the NNPC are buying stakes in those private refineries with the government's money. It's not their money. So they don't care if those refineries, they run them again with their stupid policies and their, their corrupt influences. They, they infiltrate those refineries and they start putting their corrupt influences and they use it to run those refineries into the ground it doesn't matter to them because the bot stakes in those refineries with governments government's money it's not their money they don't get to lose anything and these are the people who these um, investors and these people are trying to use their own money to build refineries those are the kind of people they are going into business with the people who have no stakes because they are buying their own equity with the government's money and that is very very dangerous very very dangerous when you talk about the the, the kind of um, uh, power that it gives them in the decision making in those refineries, the influences that it gives them in terms of choosing who gets into what position and all of that. And these are all the nonsense things that they kept doing that run our current public refineries into the ground. And they are going to bring that into all these private refineries. I think if these people know what's good for them, they should do everything that they can to prevent the government from having the say. It doesn't even make sense on a matter of principle. Like, what is the reason? Why? Like, there is a Dangote um, company that produces cement. The government doesn't need to go and buy 20% in, in equity there. There are different companies producing all sorts of materials or all sorts of goods in, you know, for, for the country and even for export. The, com the government doesn't have to go and buy 20% equity. Why, does the why is the refinery different? Why is the refinery different? And all the excuses that I saw in the particular news article that came out were all stupid junk excuses that didn't say anything. You know, when you say things like NPC has the dual role of providing stewardship for the nation's hydrocarbon resources and adding value to the resources for the benefit of Nigerian and other stakeholders, that's just plenty words meaning nothing. 
Number one, the first part that they provide stewardship for the nation's hydrocarbon resources. Like, what does that even mean? Provide stewardship for what? What does that even mean? It means nothing. Provide stewardship, like private organizations come in, establish oil rigs, bring out the oil from the ground, sell, and give the government its shares. OPEC regulates what the price of, of crude oil is on the international market. What stewardship is the NNPC doing with crude oil resources in this country? I don't know what stewardship. And when it says it's adding value to the, to the resources for the benefit of all Nigerians, like I said before, the value they could have added was running the NNPC refineries profitably and making sure that we are self-sustainable in terms of refined product in this country. They've done a horrible job of that. So what value, what value are they talking about adding for the for the uh, benefit of Nigerians and stakeholders? It's just plain, it's just words that mean nothing. In some cases, they are just outright lies. And the statement went on to say NNPC's strategic objective to ensure energy security and stimulate economic growth with limited resources required it to consider strategic partnership with competent investors in sectors of the oil and gas value chain. Okay, this is, like I said, nonsense. That, that's what all this is. It's all nonsense. Strategic objective to ensure energy security. You've been horrible at ensuring energy security. For decades, you've been horrible. And you buying, and that is the reason why private actors are coming into you know, the oil and gas sector now to go and establish refineries because you've done a terrible job of it and I don't see how people who have run businesses successfully for years and provided security in terms of providing different products that are not in the oil sector I don't see how they need your help in giving in now you know providing the same product in the oil sector and making sure that we have energy security in this country we have all sorts of product security in this country from cement to food and all of sort of things no thanks to the government and so i don't see the usefulness of this and you know this is also from a, a standpoint of principle businesses run better the less government influences that they have i think this is a bad idea for the refineries i think it's a bad idea for the investors who are putting their money down to go into bed with people of the NNPC who have nothing to lose because they are buying equity in these private investors with the money of the public. They have nothing to lose. It's the same reason why refineries are being, you know, are completely dead and dysfunctional. It's because the people who run those refineries have nothing to lose. If you run the refinery, a uh, public refinery, if a private investor runs his own private refinery the way that the government will run its public the public refineries the private investor will lose his money but the people who run our NN, the NNPC refineries have no money to lose because their money was not used to build build the refineries in the, in the first place and I think the far, the farther we keep these people away from the investment of these private individuals who are trying to build these refineries. I think the better for those individuals and the better it is for our country as a whole. 
get the NNPC out of people's private refineries. You have no, the government have no business buying stakes in people's private businesses. No, no, no. That will be all for today. For all your news, opinion, and commentary, please don't forget to visit rudereporter.com. Rudereporter.com. And if you've not followed me on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, like I said earlier at the beginning of this podcast, please do so. The handle is at I am Isaac Shola. Again, I repeat, the handle is at I am Isaac Shola. And that will be all for today. And just a reminder, if you're interested in my ideas on how to fix Nigeria, the political system in Nigeria, don't forget once again to go on YouTube and watch my video, How to Fix Nigeria, in seven minutes. Or you can read the article on rudereporter.com. The article is titled, how to fix Nigeria in two easy steps. Until I come your way again, goodbye and take care.